This is The Lore Check. Hello, other people, and thank you for joining us for episode three of The Lore Check. I'm your host, Brandon Michael Terry, and with me as always is my co-host, Devin. I think Lady Luck is cheating on me. Void. I just, I, I keep rolling natural ones, and I don't know what's causing it, and I can't stop it. You did not respect Lady Luck, and that's what happened, Devin. I need to rethink my life. Well, talking about dice rolls, today we will hopefully be speaking about better times where we were not always rolling natural ones. However, we'll be covering the topic of dice rolls and how integral a part of it it is to any, or at least most, role-playing games. Absolutely. But before we get into the topics, Devin, would you like to share with us story of a memorable dice roll that's kind of really made the game really fun? Um, yeah. So I can, I can immediately recall to mind uh, one specific situation where I was playing a monk uh, during the Shattered Star campaign from Pathfinder, mm-hmm. and I had just acquired the Shard of Greed. Now, every shard comes equipped with a curse that you have to make a certain save against in order to avoid the negative effects of the curse. I, as a monk, have great saves, but I rolled poorly, and the gluttony shard was actually going to force me to consume every single one of my potions in my inventory, which I had a lot. However, due to the nature of the shard, it also allowed the possessor to re-roll any failed save once per day. So, the game master allowed me to re-roll it. With bated breath anticipation, I dropped the dice natural 20. I avoided okay. losing everything. I was able to put an ion stone in to neutralize the curse, and I think we gave it to our barbarian for the health bonuses. Nice. Well, that's probably a good thing. You do not want to eat all your potions in one shot. Uh, yeah, no, I had a lot of cure serious wounds, which are nearly a thousand gold apiece, so I was uh, very happy to have kept those. I'd enjoy this story more, though, if you had failed. I, I would not have, so I'm happy I didn't. L- luck hadn't betrayed me yet. Speaking of failed stories, I'm going to mention a dice roll story that I have. This happened during a campaign that Dev and I were playing with our uh, gunslinger character, and the player of this character had a unnatural amount of luck in keeping his characters alive. Up until this point, the group of us had played many years, and almost all of us had, ex- had experienced some kind of character death at some point, except this guy. Well, we walk into this room, and there's just a mirror there. <laughs> and we're standing there looking at it, and the gunslinger's like, I want to take a closer look. As it goes to perceive it, he rolls a botch. And in our game, you can botch anything, for the most part. Especially skill checks. So he ends up stumbling and heading toward the mirror. Well, Devin gives him a chance when he hits the mirror to make a save. I see a fortune or will to not get pulled into the mirror. He rolls another nat one. I assume that Devin is being gracious or something. <laughs> gives him another chance to save before he gets pulled into this mirror as if had a magical curse on it. Rolls again. Lo and behold, a third nat one in a row. <laughs> I mean, the mathematical probability of going three ones back to back to back was terrible. And as well, this character got stuck inside that mirror. After that, there was a chance that one of the people touched the mirror for it to pull one of the two people who was in the mirror out. And Dev had to roll 50-50 on that. Three different people went up to try and pull him out of the mirror, trade places with him, and every time, it ended up being the other person in the mirror besides <laughs> Besides the gunslinger. And as a result, that, char- that guy lost his character for the first time since he started playing any Pathfinder we playing game. He finally lost a character. And it was kind of a satisfying moment, too, just for it to be three not ones that just cost him dearly. It's terrible when you're in that position as a game master because 
you so badly don't want to see your players' characters go out that way. If they die, you want it to be glorious and something they can look back on and talk about and with a smile. But with three natural ones in a row, you have to you have to honor it. His character story is: I tripped into a mirror, and then they broke the mirror. Yeah, <laughs> yeah then we broke the mirror. It was the best choice. We had to keep we had to keep him in the mirror. <laughs> Bringing that back to our main topic now, we are going to talk about dice rolls, as Devin said. Why do we have dice rolls in games? Because pretty much every role-playing game, for the most part, includes dice as a major part of the mechanic. You roll the dice, you have probability. There are a few heretical games out there that use decks of cards instead of dice. We won't talk about them because they're bad and we don't like them. In reality, dice are a common thing. So, Devin, just starting off, why do you think that dice is a crucial part of the gaming experience? It allows an element of chance uh, when you are when you are doing something, as it is in everyday life. You know, when we're driving to and from work, or when we're walking, and a snake crosses our path, we dodge out of the way. We are in our actions almost rolling a skill check or rolling dice. Yeah. So allowing dice in the campaign or in any type of a game that at least runs that way, uh, it gives each character the chance for success or failure. Uh, I think that's why modifiers are important to factor in your skill in that area to see, based on the dice check level, how easily you accomplish it versus how horribly you fail it. Absolutely. Whenever we play role-playing games, we want to have awesome stories. We have these heroic, cool moments as our heroes just slay the monster or jump across the ravine to catch the helicopter and make it explode. Whatever it is. You want something cool with your character. And... Characters left on their own, however, they just kind of keep doing this stuff and they keep succeeding. And while success is cool, if you just keep succeeding whenever you say you do, it starts getting kind of boring. Yeah, it gives a sense of realism into the game, allowing for failure, allowing someone to miss the attack. It almost builds suspense as well. It yeah. causes a little bit more investment. So when you do make that critical success, it's actually rewarding. It's worth something. Yeah, because that's real life. I mean, we live in a world where there's a possibility of failure, whatever we do. And that kind of makes it worthwhile. I mean, if I just knew I was going to succeed at everything I tried in my life, it really wouldn't be that exciting when I succeeded. Like, there's no risk. And risk is what brings excitement. It's like playing a game on the easiest mode. You're enjoying the story, but you get a lot more out of it when you add a little more risk into there and you, and you up it to the absolute hardcore mode where you just can't stop dying. Yeah. So I think that's what dice begin to offer us a little bit, is that they control whether or not you succeed or fail. Because otherwise you just have a GM up there just trying to decide for himself. Like, I guess he succeeds this one. Nah, you don't succeed at that. And it becomes kind of arbitrary. And so there's something that's a impartial judge creating the scenario. Almost like life. But life is the impartial judge that tells us whether or not <laughs> we succeed or not at the stuff we try. Well, the, the general life force is our game master. Yes, the general life force is our game master and our <laughs> dice at the same time. It's terrifying. The dice rule your life somehow. Ultimately, dice create an element of chance. But I also think they create some element of order to the game as well. Um, kind of illustration I want to bring up is, if you think back, Devin, to when you were a kid playing on the playground, the sandbox, or whatever, you're anything like me. You probably play those games where you were a superhero, a Power Ranger, knight, a swordsman, whatever. Yeah, definitely. And you followed your friends. You guys had these... You kind of superpowered, you went at each other, and eventually it broke down into, well, no, I killed you. Well, no, I had a force field on it. But no, I broke your force field. No, you didn't. 
Yes, I did. No, you didn't. You had those moments? Yeah, there's always that, that one kid who will be like, oh, no, I, I dodged out of the way. You didn't hit me, even though you did. Yeah, no, no I, I'm thinking of someone very particularly right now from my childhood. Yeah, and ultimately these games just devolve into chaos because there's no rules involved. There's no structure to it. And eventually it just stops being fun. They can do whatever they want, say whatever they want, and it becomes completely and utterly boring chaos. Or just unpleasant chaos, at the very least. And I think having a system, like dice, to decide whether you succeed or fail, what you can and can't do, helps create real order that allows for fun to happen. Like this, and I know we, we talk about more freedom, you have more fun it is, but you need boundaries in order to create fun and structure. Every sport in the rule, every sport in the world, not every sport in the rules, but every sport in the world has rules that help give it structure so it can actually be a fun game. And I believe any lawfully aligned creature or humanoid would agree with that statement, that you need rules to truly experience freedom. Now, if you're chaos aligned, you know, you're probably you're probably uh, going to disagree pretty heavily there, but... But if you're chaos aligned, I don't care about you anyways, so, you know... <laughs> In reality, like, it is what dice help us do. We are able to have real chance, real order in life. But that doesn't mean that we have to just kind of succumb to the dice as a the governing gods of our entire game. At the end of the day, role-playing games are ultimately about the story itself, the fun experience we have together. And that being said, it's ultimately about the game master trying to facilitate that. Yeah. So, sometimes, I'm not saying every time because... I've had game masters do it. It's okay to fake roll, but allow for a success or failure when necessary to, uh, this is my opinion, by the way, to enhance the, the storyline, you know, to, to add that, that, def, that other element. Like if the party is absolutely obliterating, uh, this creature that's supposed to be a boss, sometimes it's good to be like, oh, you killed it, but it makes some save and turns into a evolved version of it to continue the fight. Just to build the, the, the feeling of accomplishment as well as the, the overall story. Yeah, I'm pretty confident that's why GM screens were created in the first place. <laughs> was not to do the type of rules, but reality so they can make secret rules that I'm like, yeah, nah, he hit you. It's fine. We got this. <laughs> just for the excitement of it, because at the same time as dice can add order and chance, it can also turn a really epic event is going to become really boring all of a sudden. When your players kill your boss character in one round without taking any damage, it kind of like, whoop, that was an anticlimactic finale to a dungeon. So sometimes you have to adjust the numbers. Sometimes you have to let that happen because it's exciting to the characters. They took down this big monster on their own. They feel accomplished and powerful. And I think sometimes, too, the game master needs to not only be aware of when they fudge their own roles, but when their players are fudging theirs. And I think if anyone's ever been a game master, you are immediately thinking of at least that one individual in your party who did that very thing and continually happened to crit, never missed, never rolled a natural one. Yeah, I don't there's anybody who has players like that, Devin. I don't think any <laughs> GMs ever had that problem. Yeah, maybe I'm just being a little too harsh and judgmental. <laughs> but ultimately, we are saying that dice, while important, do not govern the game. I mean, we've all had experiences in which we've let... The mechanics themselves also just kind of bog down our gaming experience. Where basically the GM is like, okay, wait, what's the rule for grapple again in Pathfinder? And then 30 minutes later, you actually move on to the next round. Because that's how complicated grappling is. 
So we don't want, we don't, we're not saying mechanics just for the sake of mechanics. We want games that are fast, that are just enjoyable. We're saying the people who created RPGs added dice in them, and based on the pure power of fate and God, this has been a blessing that we've experienced, that dice create an experience we can all share with each other. That they create this order, this chaos, this chance, that can lead to these amazing stories, because if the GM walked in knowing this is exactly what's going to happen, well, then he might as well have just written a book about it. But the fact that everyone walks into the room with his boss and saying, I can't say what's going to happen yet. I have to find out based on the dice rolls. It's so much more interesting. If I were playing games, it's so much more fun. Because the whole story is yet to be written until those pieces of plastic hit that table. I can't even remember times when, at a very early level during the Shattered Star campaign, my friends and I were fighting through a, fighting through a dungeon, uh, and spiders were shooting their webs down and tangling us, and our favorite moment in that conflict was not fighting the spiders but coming up with this chant that we would sing every time someone had to roll a strength check to break free from the diet or from the uh, from the web and i we still do it to this day anytime we're playing a game where we have to roll if it if it's relative we just start chanting that that song because you know it almost creates something memorable about it too knowing that that you have to roll to discern the unknown yeah. it's just it's fun it is. And I think that's actually brings up an interesting question. So superstition involving dice. <laughs> Do you have any that you want to share with people, some, some dice superstition you have? So I, I myself try to avoid dice superstition. However, podcasts that I do watch are very big into superstition with dice. Mm-hmm. Uh, naming them, banishing dice that constantly roll poorly. But that being said, I do have... My favorite set of dice that on very important rolls I tend to gravitate towards. Not stating openly that there's something superstitious about them, but maybe there's more of an emotional attachment there that if I make this or fail it, I want it to be with this set, my original. So there's nothing wrong, you'd say, for having superstitions and dice. No, not at all. I think it, I think it adds a fun element to the meta narrative of it, or mm-hmm. maybe just the external game that yeah. goes on outside of the actual... The meta meta narrative. The real life narrative. <laughs> so I actually myself have a couple of dice superstitions. Oh, do you? You might not have noticed this. Whenever I'm sitting at the table preparing for games, I slowly turn all my dice to their top number. Whatever the dice is, it is always on its top number. I've never, starts. I've never noticed that. Yep, I'm very particular. If I'm a player, if I'm a GM, I have so many dice I'm using because I'm one different characters. I don't worry about it. If I have that set of seven dice or a set of four d6s, I'm always turning them to their top number. I don't know why. It's just like this way of honor the dice spirits. Because you can make dice spirits very upset at you. Maybe like the way that uh, Luke made his character when he rolled uh, three natural ones and fell yeah. into the mirror. Yeah, he must have pissed off some dice spirits that day. Who knows? Now, now what's your opinion of uh, weighted dice? You mean like loaded dice? Yes. I uh, don't have them. I mean, it's... Well, but if a, if a game master were to discover that their player was using a loaded dice... Oh, well then at that point, I would probably create my own set of loaded dice that are predetermined to always roll badly and force them to use those dice from that point forward. <laughs> just, just for a couple of sessions. Just so they know not to mess with me as a GM. So rather than take them aside or call them out openly, you would be just as devious. Yeah, be like, everybody, I got you all special dice sets that I want you to all have to enjoy. <laughs> get for everybody, but only his is the terrible ones. It's like, please, just don't hurt my feelings. Use these dice for a couple of sessions. Like, it means a lot to me to do this. It's like trying to 
to make sure you poison the right person at the dinner party, right? Like, everyone, I'd like to give a toast, and I've brewed you all a cup of tea for it. Yeah, but this time I can actually say I picked each of these dice styles for individual people. That's what I don't have to worry about. <laughs> what, if, what have they traded? I would say that hurt my feelings as well. Ah. It's all about social etiquette that we're <laughs> So I have, one, I have one more topic to bring up that I think would be interesting to talk about. So I mentioned earlier that in our party, in our group, we have a, we have a house rule that you can botch on anything. You can botch on skill rolls, you can botch on knowledge rolls, all kinds of things. There are a lot of people I play with who are very adamant that you only botch on combat rolls. Why do you support the botch on everything? So, before I answer that, mm-hmm. I think it's totally okay to only botch on combat rolls. Okay. However, there are a lot of moments in real life where, you know, you botch on other things. I think it, it adds for an element of comedy to the game, because if someone botches on a knowledge local role, you know, it's not like they run up and pant somebody and cause a street fight and they're the center of the attention for it. It just, it gives you a chance to tell them something stupid and funny that for their role playing that character, they have to act on until it's corrected, you know? Uh, it gives them a chance where if the whole group puts faith in this one person to be the lookout and to be perceiving, if they roll a natural one, maybe a bird flies by and poops in their face and so they don't see the army sneaking up on them and so mm-hmm. they can't tell anyone in time. It just it just adds an element of fun, exciting comedy to the game. Uh, in the game I've recently been playing, uh, that's more of like a Pathfinder adaptation, Yeah, um, we were attempting to stealthily sneak through a cave to avoid alerting a patrol and our druid rolled, uh, rolled his perception roll and ended up rolling a natural one, so the Game Master promptly said, you fart, and it echoes through the cave, and it allows all of them. And so, while we all were certainly upset because our whole stealth operation was ruined, now we have nicknamed this druid Thunderpants, and it's a funny little thing that trickles out yeah. through the game. So I, I just think it adds an extra layer of of something different. Okay. I can definitely see that. I think for, for party, it can be very that can be a very big issue to bring up, like, you want more comedy and more like funny moments and like ridiculous moments. Some gamers are very serious and are very particular, so they don't like things being screwed up that way. I think there's some gamers I play with who'd be very mad if their entire stealth operation was blown by someone farting. <laughs> but other ones I know, groups we play with, would be fun more hilarious to talk about later. No, and I think it's a good point you bring up that you do have to cater that to the group of people that you're playing with. Uh, it, the game master always has to be able to to adapt the game to the party. But I think, like, ultimately, it does offer for funness. It does for randomness. Because we like to do this randomness. We want to embrace the dice roll. And I think by this whole botching on that ones, typically I'm talking about Pathfinder D&D rules, right away. Because plenty of other games, such as Shadowrun, Rule of Darkness series, even Call of Cthulhu itself, the actual rules do allow you to botch on anything. In Shadowrun, you can glitch on any skill check you have. And you're always in danger of destroying yourself by messing with a computer that's going to explode in your face. <laughs> so, I think they pay for that. The difficulty in Pathfinder is that it's always a nat one, and you're always rolling the same dice. Even if you're an expert uh, rogue who's been lockpicking, you have the same chance to blow it as the barbarian who's going to smack the lock. You each have that, that same 5% chance. Other games that use different dice systems actually lower the chance of epic failure based on how skill you are. So there might be some part of it. People don't like the fact that I train this guy to be excellent and he will not want to fail. <laughs> That's a good point. But, like I said, it's really up to you. We're only here to say, like, dice adds something really interesting to the story. So if you think it'd be helpful to add botch on a perception roll, botch on your knowledge check, 
it's fun for that. Because it does add that you can actually fail at skills in your life, even if you're an expert at them. Things just can go wrong. Sometimes you get a little too cocky. So, I think that's basically what we're going to kind of close up today. I don't think anyone out there is trying to tell us not to embrace the dice. No one's going to say dice should be taken out of role-playing games. But I do think we kind of miss that. We tell people, like, why do we roll dice? It's so that there is this real chance, this real anticipation of what's going to happen now. This real setting where something besides myself controls my destiny. I can push, I can train myself. At the end of the day, this piece of plastic determines my destiny. It's a real exciting thing in some ways. Any final comments you have about this, Devin? I think that the uh, the word of advice to be left with yeah. when it comes to the, this chapter uh, as we conclude it is that if you're going to roll the dice, you need to make sure you look at the GM real nice. Thank you, Devin. That is great advice. So, join well, us next... You did it. You rhymed with it. <laughs> Thanks. So, join us next time as we talk about gaming in a group. Why storytelling is a group activity and why it's pretty cool.